The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. CTN CIO Talk Network is brought to you by Redmain and BlackBerry. Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjo Gall. Hello and uh, welcome to the segment on CTN. To learn more, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And the topic for today is the last mile to personalized healthcare. And our guest for today's show is John Russell, who is the Chief Information Officer with John Muir Health. Hi, John. How are you? Good morning. Very well, thank you. Great to have you. And uh, what we wanted to discuss today is the, the interesting aspect of personalized healthcare. So we know that there is a lot of technology available today, very sophisticated, which could allow us to collect and or analyze the patient data. And also in clinical settings, whatever actions are happening or outside, we can analyze all of it. Then we talk about computing capability, because if you want a near real life uh, diagnosis, treatments, or decision-making that you want to do, even that's available. So essentially, if you have all the foundational elements, the intent is there. What prevents us from realizing this personalized healthcare dream? And, and to that, my first question for you, John, is we have been discussing this personalized healthcare approach to how patients would get treated for last many years. What do you see as the current state? Let the listeners know. Yeah, you know, I, there hasn't been a lot of progress uh, in closing that last uh, mile gap. And, you know, there's been a lot of uh, significant experimentation uh, in this space uh, to try to tie this all together. There's uh, concierge, family practice, you know, HIEs are, have attempted over the last few years to try to tie information uh, together effectively. And, and at the end of the day, we just have not been able to effectively close that gap. Uh, and there's a lot of, of reasons for that that we'll go into more detail, I'm sure, as we go through the, the uh, conversation. But, you know, there just has not been a lot of effective um, completion, you know, to, to tie that together for more complete patient treatment. Um, and... It's unfortunate because all of, all of the foundational uh, pieces are there, like you described. Uh, but tying the the most most difficult pieces, trying to tie all that together uh, at the end. So I'd say perfection uh, is not as much needed. Maybe even progress. So would you say isn't progress better than perfection when it comes to healthcare because of the so many moving parts and at least. Whatever we move forward with actually will have um, an impact, a positive impact on what the patient uh, gets in terms of the treatment, the experience, and overall. Well, I see. I think you've seen some movements in this direction, and and you know the 
the big EHR uh, vendors, and you can name any in your own mind, uh, have tried to tie together patient information both for um, the patient's consumption and or the provider's uh, use in some effective way, whether it's uh, through the mechanisms that are provided uh, with CCDR-type uh, uh, connectivity and or um, their own proprietary collection uh, methods, which allows, uh, you know, the, the provider to uh, have access to aggregated patient information, but still it's not anywhere close to, um, you know, what we would hope for and, and actually have the capability for in the current uh, technology environment. And, and when you talk about this whole, um, you know, the progress, whatever that you have made, or let's talk about why or wherever the progress has not been made. Would you say the complexity is self-inflicted or the inertia exists or people are like hiding behind the complexity to not move from where they're comfortable? Or finally, are there any specific inabilities that well, you, we are not able to confront? Yeah, you know, I think... I think it's a little bit of each of the things that you kind of uh, mentioned, but I think the, the main constraint is resource, uh, resources and the mechanism for compensation uh, in this space. And, and I think what you'll see is um, if we're really trying to effectively tie everything together at the, at the end uh, point, that last mile, um, we have a significant uh, constraint in our physician's ability to uh, spend uh, the time that we need um, to provide that next level of care. And then also, you know, what, we're, what we find um, is a, a successful mechanism um, to, to compensate our providers uh, in this space. So you may be able to aggregate all the information uh, and provide it uh, to the physician, but if there's an expectation that the physician can only spend five or eight minutes um, providing the care to the patient, uh, that may not be enough time to effectively use that information. So, you know, there's a human component, uh, and then I previously talked about some of the uh, technical challenges of really aggregating the the information effectively. So, you know, you have a number of of uh, challenges that have to be addressed um, to really effectively close that uh, last mile gap. And and so I'm sure people, if they had the right intention, they have tried, right? So is there some chronic issue that we are tackling with, which we have not been able to get over, even though you've got all the technology, all the intent, all the, the computing power and the juice available? Well, at the end of the day, I think it comes down to do we have the, the national will, so to speak, to focus on how do we tie all of this data and all this uh, patient information together in an effective way um, and move the, the care model in that direction. And at this point, there hasn't been um, that concerted effort to focus and support um, the care model 
whether it's allowing physicians to once again have the time to uh, spend in the space with their patients, uh, whether it's virtually or you know physically, um, or force the uh, the EHR vendors to collaborate and inter interoperability uh, uh, that we level that we need to effectively tie uh, that information together uh, effectively. And and so I've had conversations about you know the population health and the patient centered care with many many healthcare CXOs. And while people are saying, yes, we want to go there, but then on one hand, you say you want to have the patient centricity, but your eyes are on profits. That's conflicting. Is that well, what you it, think could be underlying cause? There, well, and that goes back to the compensation uh, model, you know, that we have. And, and we're living, another complicating factor is we're living both in a, in a fee-for-service uh, model and then also a, a risk-based uh, model. And, you know, it, you become a little bit schizophrenic about how are we caring for the patient? Are we trying to, to use as much preventive um, uh, medicine model, health care, uh, or are we trying to, you know, provide as much care to the patient in, once they're sick uh, in the fee-for-service model? And, and so that also complicates... Uh, how we interact with our patients, uh, you know, or is it, uh, are we trying to really uh, keep them out of the healthcare system as much as possible, or are we trying to, you know, maximize profits? And, you know, and that also uh, rolls over into the ambulatory setting as well uh, for, the, for the physician. Uh, and, and until we come up with a model that uh, we're going to move forward with, whether it's risk-based, predominantly, or whether we're going to stay in the fee-for-service, I think it's going to complicate how we interact with our patients. You know, there are two kinds of problems. One is leave it to God. Another is what you can tackle and actually do something about. So some of these problems that you mentioned are way too big, way too many people connected to it. So you really have to wait and see what you can do about them. But let's talk about the problems which which perhaps we have some, you know, chances of resolving. And let's talk about data. So you're saying, because, of course, or, or not you're saying it's the reality here today that there's a lot of volume and the variety and the velocity of data in healthcare, which has been at least told that it is a bottleneck. But then on the same token, you also have the technology which can tackle it. So where are we falling short of at least solving this problem, which looks like we can solve ourselves. You know, I think uh, volume can be managed. You know, the variety of, of the data is, is of a benefit in most cases. Um, the velocity is more of a challenge. But, you know, from my perspective, the biggest issue that we deal with is the ability to synthesize and consume the data in a way that produces meaningful uh, outcomes. And... I think that's really where we've seen the, the focus in healthcare move to um, analytics and the way that we can provide uh, meaningful data to our stakeholders that can really significantly move the outcomes in a positive direction for our patients. Uh, so I think the real focus at the end of the day is, we, you know, and you, you laid it out correctly, Technology has allowed us to really deal with um, the, the volume, variety, and velocity 
um, in a lot of ways, but at, effectively we have to have mechanisms that allow us to do something with that data, and that's really where you've seen a lot of maturation in the analytics and, uh, and business intelligence side of the equation that is really assisting our clinicians in making better decisions. Um, and then, you know, you layer on top of that predictive analytics and, and probably not too far in the future, uh, artificial intelligence to assist. And I think that's where it really where you'll start to see some significant movement in, in the ability for us to manage the, the amount of data that we have and really have it make a difference. So it looks like that we might be in, in due course or not that in, uh, that distant of a future we'll be having this problem. Actually, there's a fourth V called veracity, which is where we make the decisions, but can we trust them? Even that perhaps we'll be able to tackle. And so, so maybe that is where we will have some relief. Now, let's, uh, well, let's take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, let's talk about... Uh, the, the scenario where if we do end up addressing the data problem the way we just discussed, what else would these physicians and patients will need to collaborate on so that the confidence that you want to have and the precision you want to have related to personalized healthcare decisions, you are able to reach there and both parties are comfortable putting their neck out. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, we're talking about the patients and the physicians collaborating. Uh, and basically building 
uh, uh, camaraderie and the confidence in the healthcare, personalized healthcare decisions they are going to make. So if we have this data problem solved, hopefully, what else is remaining, John? Well, I think, you know, and this kind of goes back to the, the point that I made a little bit earlier about uh, significant resource constraints. Uh, you know, if, if we're able to provide the data in a way that the, that the providers can use it and collaborate with the patients, but we only give that collaboration point um, a few minutes, uh, I think it doesn't allow for that real uh, collaboration between the patient and the caregiver to occur and for there to develop a, a real rapport that allows um, that personalized uh, care to happen. And I think we've got to figure out a way to uh, compensate our caregivers in a way that allows for a much more personalized type of interaction um, with the patient. And frankly, uh, to that, John, I personally remember my own experience going to a hospital and having someone who's a nursing assistant or someone else who assists the doctors, collects all the data, and this uh, doctor comes literally on a whirlwind, talks to you for 10 minutes at most, and whips out to the next uh, cabin where he has got another patient waiting. So we've kind of converted the healthcare, or at least that experience gave me an idea as if the healthcare has been converted into a widget-making machine where you kind of do it the way you're doing it, but there's no personalized approach. So you're becoming more and more sterile. So that's exactly, yeah, that's exactly right. And and if, if, if that's the direction we are going, it is really coming down to uh, a compensation. So what holds us back from comp- compensating someone when the outcome would be better just by virtue of someone spending a little more time with the patient? Well, I think that's the, the transition that we're trying to make in, in this country as a whole as we move to more of a risk-based model where you are incentivized to spend the time uh, with the patient to help them um, either avoid uh, adverse uh, health care events uh, and or quickly recover from uh, the illness that they might have. And that's not the focus. You know, our focus right now is all volume uh, because of the fee-for-service world that we live in. So I think that um, as, as we move more to risk, if that really is the direction that we're going to go, we may incentivize our caregivers to spend more time uh, because the overall uh, savings and outcome will be in the best interest of the of the the providers as a whole. So what you just said definitely is important. At the same time, another thought comes up is that frankly, patient is not also that is not there to make friends with the doctor either. What he wants is to get a good diagnosis on what's going on and perhaps get a treatment which at least to that patient seems like it is personalized. That means he would be relying more on the data provided to him and of course ask any queries that the person may have from the doctor. So what would that incremental time do? They're not going to talk family and friends. Well, I think uh, I think data is a- absolutely one of the one of the important elements of of the healthcare conversation. But I think we need to have more of a 
particularly if we're speaking to a personalized healthcare um, environment, I think having a rapport with the caregiver is an important uh, facet to um, the whole uh, caregiving environment. And I think um, that's something that we've had in the past where uh, the patient had a relationship with their primary care physician who was pretty much the, the only interface that they had with healthcare. And, and we have lost, as we have somewhat industrialized healthcare, um, and I think that that's an important facet uh, as we go forward is there being some kind of a rapport. It's much easier to have a hard uh, healthcare discussion about the things you need to do to be healthy with uh, somebody you consider to be uh, at least an acquaintance, if not a friend, than if it's just a, a nameless face that you see either in the ED or, or whatever the care setting is. So I think there is a component that we have lost that we need to regain um, as we go forward. No, and in fact, I call it as a hygiene factor because I'm trying to challenge this notion of someone going in there and actually sitting down. What incrementally more is going to happen if this person talks? Because they are still supposed to understand, which they are understanding through the AI or any other analytics they would do. And when they sit down, the people, both both parties are going to talk about their own respective uh, viewpoints on where this is going and what he or she should be doing. And the 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 whole approach of sitting down seems like a customer retention strategy more than a improving clinical outcome strategy. Well, and I would hope that there, I, I would hope that um, on top of retention, which may be a, a side benefit, there really is uh, a focus on how are we going to improve the health care of this patient that I'm involved with um, and that the, time, the extra time that I'm spending will have a positive outcome. So, you know, I think, that, I think that the focus should always be on how we improving, overall improving the care of, of our patient population and what are the mechanisms we're using to uh, make that happen. Uh, and if spending additional time moves us in that direction and also improves the retention rate of our uh, physician uh, of our patient uh, population, then that's a side benefit. But, you know, uh, I think at least with the uh, providers that I work with, uh, the focus is always on what can we do to improve the, the health of our patient population and or resolve whatever the issue is uh, today. And and to that end, uh, because we have the cost pressure, so we'll, uh, while we keep working on chipping away at increasing the amount of time a physician and a patient spend together, but let's compare this to a business setting. When you see a person going, say a salesperson goes to a customer, the person wants to know any and everything about that customer, and that's why people are doing all sorts of social media analytics and other things to get to know about a person, not just their business needs, but also who that person is, what their profile is. Uh, is healthcare looking at that as well, or only for a patient, for a doctor, the, the pay, uh, that human being who's coming to their offices is just a patient and, and they are not being further informed or educated about this person's profile so that whatever minimum amount of time that you have available, you do not just base your whole interaction based on just what the patient's medical history is, but also what their profile is. Well, and I think your most successful uh, providers do uh, have a much deeper understanding of their patients. Um, you know, 
and you see this when we when we talk to um, our physicians, you'll see a, a difference in in how the 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 physician interacts with a patient between the ones that are just looking at the medical record from uh, you know what is the issue that they're presenting today and how do I you know address that and then get on to the next patient, which goes back to the the. Uh, anecdote that you talked about earlier, uh, the physician was in and out very quickly versus I, you know, and I've had personal experience where the physician will ask, you know, how the family is, you know, um, have you been on any vacations recently? They're getting an understanding of, of, you know, your personal profile, which also allows them to understand maybe why you have the issue that you have and, and what possible resolutions are. So I think uh, you know, there are different ways to interact um, and, and be more effective over, you know, the long term. The real question is, is how do we, how do we move uh, healthcare as a, in general in a direction that allows the physician or caregiver to spend that kind of time and still be compensated effectively? Talking about the money part, because it, it is all it's still a business. And when you're trying to invest in anything, you want to see an ROI. Do you think this transformation into turning into personalized healthcare is going to bring more money in the pocket for the healthcare providers for them to jump on it and really put in the effort or put money behind where their mouth is? Well, it hasn't yet unless, you know, if you're looking specifically at, at there is a physician component out there that are providing concierge uh, medical care, which is very, very small. And if you, if you ignore that very small group that are very focused and some are success in that space, uh, there hasn't been a movement in the direction that really does show a business model that uh, supports extremely personalized uh, health care um, in that, you know, in that space. So we don't have a model that is really effective and allows for us to do that, although I will say there are some movements, uh, you know, and I'll use uh, Providence Healthcare in, in the Northwest as an example where they have a model of, of providing many, many mechanisms uh, for their uh, patients to interact with the healthcare system, whether it is a uh, physician uh, coming to your place of, of work or home uh, is one option. You can talk to a physician, you know, uh, via telephone, or uh, you can talk to a physician with your smart device actually face-to-face with video. Uh, they have urgent care, uh, uh, many urgent care locations. Uh, and then the traditional office visit and or ED. So I think you're seeing a broadening of, of, of ways for patients to interact, some of them much more personal and or much more convenient. Uh, and I guess the, the, the jury is still out on whether, you know, having many, many different channels for uh, patients to access uh, health care uh, does result in more personalized and or effective um, uh, health care and at the same time provides a return on, on a significant investment. If you think about having that many channels, obviously that's a huge investment. And, you know, does that allow you to have the return that you need to, to stay in business? <laughs> 
Let's take a quick break, listeners, and uh, let's talk about the very outcome that we are going after. So if you do personalized healthcare, one of the things which we would love to see happen is that we never even have to enter a hospital, which means it could be predictive or preventive treatment. How would that impact the revenue stream for health uh, care providers if the, nobody even enters it, but at the same time, what goes around turns, comes around, so maybe they'll benefit. And the other side could be just focus on better sickness-centric treatment. What would be a better approach to tackling personalized health care? Because with the intent or with the strategy that you have at the very top, everything else will fall through, and, and that's exactly where you want to make sure that it is done in a fashion where everything is aligned. So what is that intended outcome? Better sickness-centric treatment or predictive and preventive treatment? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So let's talk about the very intended outcome we are pursuing. One is the better sickness-centric treatment or the predictive and preventive treatment. Yes, you can say, John, both, but I'm sure the, the scale is tilting in one direction, I'm assuming. Well, I think uh, it goes back to the model that we're working on, and, and, and we're both in, in managing risk with you know some of our... Uh, patients, but then also we have the fee-for-service environment. So in fee-for-service at this point is, is predominant, at least in most markets, which means, uh, you know, we're really focusing on um, the better sickness-centric treatment. Uh, but I would propose that really the better model for healthcare overall is for us to really uh, use pre- 
predictive element and preventive treatment as much as possible. And I think uh, over time we'll see more and more focus on how do we really uh, help the population in general be more healthy and stay out of the uh, healthcare system. And if we're really going to manage overall healthcare costs in this country, which you know, everyone understands are are significant and probably higher than they really should be, the the predictive and and preventive is is the direction that we're going to have to focus on. But you know, having said that, at the end of the day, there's always going to be uh, illness, and and we're going to need to understand how do we uh, improve the the care. Um, with the tools that uh, we have access to. So we need to also, at the same time, obviously continue to focus on um, providing that uh, care-centric treatment at the highest possible level. If you were to truly measure where we are, so how much, more, how much progress has done and how much more is remaining, and do that not just from your eyes inside out, but also from the patient's eyes outside in. What does the patient say they need versus us trying to push our agenda in this area? Well, I think you'd see uh, the patients saying that they need, uh, number one, better access to care. You know, in a lot of parts of the country, there are constraints, whether it's uh, uh not enough primary care physicians in some areas and or not enough specialists uh, in, in certain areas. So um, there's always the access to care conundrum, uh, which presents itself in, you know, people presenting to the emergency uh, departments when really they should be seeing you know, a, a caregiver uh, in an office. Uh, or another setting. So I think that there's still, you know, we're talking about personalized um, uh, medicine and healthcare, and at the end of the day, there's an awful lot of people that uh, don't have access uh, to care appropriately. So, you know, that just kind of shows the, the span that we're dealing with in this marketplace um, between some people getting very personalized care all the way down to people trying to figure out, you know, how do I get access to any care at all? So what you just mentioned is almost a precursor to before even you start thinking for those groups. God, get them the care first and then talk about personalized health care. Is that what your agenda is? Yeah, so suppose we, and that I'm sure is, a, is a, not, a, not a separate but a parallel initiative. So the people who... We talk to as patients because any any good innovation or any improvement in our business when done with looking from a customer's vantage point always turns out to be better adopted. So for them, how much of this uh, utopic world of personalized healthcare has even been requested by the patients? Not, I'd say there's a whole segment that aren't even aware of the potential or possibility of this type of health care. You know, they're trying to figure out how do we uh, get access to health care in any way, shape, or form. Uh, so, you know, as, as in most cases, there's a whole continuum of, uh, of care 
that goes from very basic me and the very basic needs to, you know, the extremely personalized uh, care and, and, you know, everyone falls somewhere in that continuum. Um, okay. So, so let's talk about IT. So I know um, EHR or analytics or infrastructure to compute the clinical uh, researches, you name it, we have been added. Is anyone pointing fingers on IT in any form or fashion where... And, 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 and not exactly blaming, but saying you guys have to do better for us to realize this personalized healthcare dream. Do you think there's a gap which you have not been able to fulfill, and what are the reasons, and what are they? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the biggest one that I would call out would be the true inter- interoperability uh, between the electronic health record uh, systems. And, and until we have a way to seamlessly move uh, patient information uh, between all of the different disparate systems that are in use. Uh, you know, we'll never have that uh, complete picture of of the uh, patient information that will fulfill that truly personalized experience um, and also allow us to reduce the cost of of healthcare through, you know, uh, tests and, and exams being done over and over again because uh, a caregiver doesn't know that it was done, you know, three weeks ago somewhere else, as an example. So, uh, you know, I think that interoperability, that interoperability conundrum has got to be solved uh, at some point. Uh, and there's a lot of different factors that that hasn't happened at this point, um, but... Uh, I think that's going to have to be uh, figured out. And then I think also, you know, driving innovation as much as possible um, to, to uh, assist with uh, the continuing evolution of, of how the caregivers inter- interact with the uh, patient is very important as well. Um, and, and at the end of the day, you know, it comes back to... Um, you know, how are we going to compensate uh, the model effectively to allow that care to happen as well? And, and, and to that end, would you say that your, your interoperability issue that you just mentioned, is it because we are allowing these mushroom growth of different systems which spawn just by themselves? And then the patient goes from one to another, and, and then you're chasing those individuals to say, okay, bring the data. Is there a fundamental shift expected where the patient will own the data wherever they go and they put that, uh, say, a social social security number or any form of a unified ID, and everything starts getting stored at a central level? I'm just I'm not trying to give you an architecture, but I'm saying if, if I were to hypothesize, what would that look like? That could wipe out the interoperability problem. Have we have we attempted going in that direction? Are there some challenges which would prevent us from even starting out that initiative, even in a small way? Well, I mean, you, you called it right out. Uh, not the fundamentally, probably the biggest challenge is not having a national patient uh, identifier, uh, which without that increases the complexity of effective interoperability significantly. 
Um, technologically, we have absolutely no reason that we can't uh, tie all these systems together in a meaningful way. But, uh, you know, as far as a central aggregation, you know, there's huge uh, patient resistance to not having control, quotes, control of their uh, medical information, which I think um, is a significant hindrance to aggregating in any, you know, central way patient information. But, you know, until we have uh, a way to identify positively identify patients um, without uh, having to go through a lot of extra steps, which, you know, goes back to the issue of a national patient identifier and then uh, forcing um, interoperability standards probably at the national level that everybody has to conform to. You know, if you're able to address those two things, there's no reason that we couldn't have uh, complete flow of patient information between all systems. And and whatever that you've tried so far, even with the interoperability integration challenge that you've had, have you made a headway at all? Well, I mean, there's been very slow progress uh, and, uh, you know, all of the, all of the uh, major EHR vendors meet certain uh, specifications that allow, uh, you know, a minimal set of information to flow, uh, but it's not anywhere near where it needs to be for us to really, you know, effectively provide uh, meaningful uh, personalized health care um, that includes all information, uh, you know, so there's, there is a basic set of, of information that, that does flow uh, in this day and age, but not anywhere near where we'd expect to be with the technological uh, foundation that we have. So uh, if you are looking at this anymore and going any more forward with the personalized health care, what all things would you say have to fall in place before you can move ahead? Because I could have had this discussion two years ago or I could have a discussion a year from now. Not sure if if much could change besides the technological advancements and AI coming into play and analytics, but the very, very uh, non-technology related issues that we are, at least the way they are there, the way they are, not sure if there is any movement possible. So what, what do you think has to be in an itemized manner fixed before we have this conversation again? Well, and number one, I think um, until we have, uh, a national conversation about how are we going to effectively identify patients across the country, uh, you know, and this goes back to the, the, the uh, answer that I just gave previously, we need that patient identifier. That's number one thing that needs to happen. Um, and then once that's been done, we have to have a national interoperability standard that everyone is held to that uh, provides for effective flow of information between these systems that everyone has to um, uh, abide by and meet. Uh, those are probably the two uh, most important things that will have to happen. And in, in the absence of that, you're going to see regionally or statewide initiatives that try to uh, make this happen and with, you know, varying degrees of, of uh, success and effectiveness, 
Um, but it's not going to happen nationally, and certainly will mean that there, you know, there will always be pieces of your uh, record that are missing uh, until we achieve that interoperability, in which is really the underlying foundation of of us having a complete picture of our medical history uh, for caregivers. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back and. Talk about, we did talk about interoperability, but then there are other issues where we are trying to do collaboration and integration among the many, many healthcare entities. So like with HIPAA, we had compliance, everybody had to come and, and work together. Are we waiting for another mandate before we will start having all parties to start collaborating the way they should and integrate among themselves the way they should in order for us to be able to move this a personalized healthcare initiative uh, along. And then to that end, how would IT prepare in case IT departments and, and the leaders like yourself from different healthcare entities, uh, will, will, how will they get ready so that they can talk to each other electronically? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So we cannot crack this problem alone. And while we were talking about, John, your organization, how it's internally working, how it's working with patients, etc. But healthcare is a, still a system. It is still a, 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 an integration of many, many partners and entities. So what, what level of readiness do you and other partners have today? So come a mandate, come another form of windfall for all of you to say, okay, let's go remove any blocks that we had earlier, then you are not 
you know, starting from scratch at that moment? What kind of readiness are you have you put in from business and from technology standpoint? Well, I think we're, from a technological perspective, I think we're very ready. I mean, there's been literally billions and billions of dollars that has been spent in in digitizing the healthcare uh, environment as it relates to clinical data. And uh, because of that investment, I think we're, you know, reasonably well positioned uh, to go in that direction if, if the mandate comes along. Uh, that does allow us to, you know, move significantly towards uh, that goal. And would you say, would you change, I know you're continually investing and and I'm assuming your uh, board and your uh, business leaders are very supportive of whatever you want to do within IT. Would you say um, where you stand or any other organization where they are, specifically if they were to work towards this personalized healthcare, would you be able to itemize the changes or the needs for that matter, not the changes, but the needs we have in context of people, process knowledge, and the technology infrastructure that well, we should meet or be ready with? Yeah, I, I think so. I, you know, and I think there's been a movement, there's a gradual movement in this direction. Um, and so I think, uh, I think the board and, and leadership certainly understand uh, that this is the general direction that we are headed. The question is, and this kind of goes back to some of our previous conversations, um, do we have a business case and is there a return in, in moving significantly uh, down this path? And I think that's, you know, the conundrum uh, that we have to deal with nationally is, you know, we have the capacity to, to you know, do this, but then, um, you know, if we go down this path, uh, does it make sense uh, at the point that we're at? And, um, you know, I think over time we'll probably, unless there is some kind of a national uh, significant uh, mandate, uh, it'll just continue to move along slowly. Uh, But we certainly uh, could go that direction, and it would not be that... uh, um, it would not be that uh, difficult for us to itemize all the different things that we need to do to, to close that gap. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it has to make sense um, from a return perspective uh, to go there. And would you say, uh, since we are talking about that mandate, do you see something brewing where if it is not going in the direction it is supposed to, I know we're talking about a healthcare bill, but do you think we are going in a direction where the world actually at one end, on one end, they want to reduce the premium, they want to improve the healthcare, they want to make it value-centric and pay for performance type of model. On the other hand, they also are looking at this that is personalized healthcare, which actually would come at a premium to also become reality. Are these all conflicting or they are all in line and is, is whatever we are going to do going forward are going to be all be done in, a, in, in one unit, as one unit? Well, I think, you know, just uh, at first blush, you'd have to say that they're conflicting. Uh, as, you, as you move to more and more personalized, uh, you know, I think the, the cost of that care tends to rise, but, you know, having said that, if you dig in a little bit deeper, and this goes back to the conversation about uh, preventive 
uh, you know, versus uh, trying to deal with the illness uh, post, uh, you know, someone getting sick, uh, there's much less cost in, in the preventive side and the, the focus on, on the overall health of the population and, and keeping people as healthy as possible. And if, if that's the focus of personalized medicine is keeping people out of the healthcare system, then, uh, you know, that reduces cost uh, fundamentally. So, you know, if we move the national conversation to how do we improve the healthcare uh, so people aren't uh, needing to use these services as much as they currently do through personalized medicine, you could probably make a business case for it. But, you know, that's, that's some place that we haven't made good inroads, and, and my guess is over time we'll have to focus more and more on. And given the type of beast this is, that is personalized healthcare, would you see CIOs growing a new type of muscle, leadership muscle, if you will, to tackle it? Well, you know, obviously CIOs and, and all leaders have to continue to evolve their skill set and and the value that they bring to the organization. And CIOs have, have got to uh, continue to evolve into transformative, innovative partners with, uh, you know, the clinical and business stakeholders. And, and you know, that's the direction that we have to move as, as leaders is how do we, you know, engage as significant partners to uh, drive the, the organization uh, you know, in the direction of innovation and, and transformation. And if we don't do that, uh, you know, we will not bring healthcare in the direction that it needs to go because uh, fundamentally technology is going to underpin absolutely everything that happens in healthcare and will become more and more important as we see uh, predictive analytics and artificial intelligence really um, change the face of how we provide care, and and I think that's an important concept that you know we're going to really be at the forefront. Uh, technology is really going to be at the forefront of future medicine, and how do we uh, continue to drive that innovation into healthcare? On behalf of the show and our listeners, thank you so much again, John, for sharing how uh, organizations themselves, which is the healthcare providers, as well as working with the different entities, can work together to eventually get to the personalized healthcare dream. Thank you. Thank you. And listeners, hope you enjoyed it. Learned a little bit about personalized healthcare. The the there is a silver lining in the cloud. Things are going to happen in our favor. So hope you enjoyed. Please like us on Facebook. Search for CTN, and be sure to follow us on Twitter and join our LinkedIn group. Thank you again for listening to this segment on CTN. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week. Take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.
CTN CIO Talk Network is brought to you by Redmain and BlackBerry.